Both to the left side. Off the play fake. Battle going long. Way down for Stills. And he's got it. And he's in for a touchdown. Woo! I do it win, win, win. No matter what. Got money on my mind. I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the field, everybody What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Victory Monday, September the 10th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, a Victory Monday show as we are talking all things Miami Dolphins 27 and Tennessee Titans 20 as the Dolphins improve to 1-0 on the season We have the offensive takeaways, defensive takeaways, the key moments from the game, the numbers from the game, and a whole lot more. But first, real quick, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give me a follow on Twitter, at NFL and the show at LockedOnFins. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com. The recap is up there live right now. We'll also have the Tuesday film session up there for you guys. And of course, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts. And we have a ton to get to. Let's go ahead and crank things up right away. That's another Miami Dolphins And this game certainly took on an interesting, unique feel today that I don't think we'll ever see again in our lifetimes. A seven-hour game with four hours worth of lightning delays. It just took the buzz and the energy out of the game, out of us as fans, at least for me it did, because I had a ball of nerves in my stomach all day today going up to the game, and I just couldn't wait to get things started. And once that first Tannehill touchdown pass went to Kenny Stills, I kind of started to alleviate some of those I guess, butterflies and got back to feeling normal again. But as they would go back to the locker room and take away our juice, it was hard to get back up for the game. I felt incredibly tired and worn out just as a fan. So I can't even begin to imagine how those players felt going out there, getting taken off the field, having to crank back up, not just the physical part of the game, the muscles, the tendons, everything you have to do to become a professional football player just to get your body ready for Sunday. But on top of that, the emotional drain and just complete wear on your mental psyche in this very tough atmosphere to play within. It's obviously hot and muggy. There's no fans there by the time the game is over. It's completely emptied out like a preseason game. So good on these guys for executing. Good on these guys for closing out and getting a very, very, very important first win of the season because the Titans, let's face it, they're going to be right there at the end of the year in that wild card hunt. So getting this win out of the way is monumental and huge. Gives them a big tiebreaker. Gives them a big AFC win. Everything you want out of this game, you get. Now they have a chance to go into New York next week and then at home for Oakland the following week and really build up some AFC wins and get a nice jump on this season and really poo-poo all that nonsense talk about them being the 32nd best team in the NFL, which, by the way, go check out the Buffalo Bills game if you haven't seen that yet and find out the answer to that question. Let's go ahead and talk about some key stats in this game, though, real quick. Tannehill was off to a dazzling start before a couple of interceptions derailed his quarterback rating, which brought it down to 89.9. Still a decent number, but not where he wants to be. He just throws one less pick. He's right up in the 100, so get that taken care of. But as far as the team as a whole, the Dolphins' offense averaged 5.9 yards per play, while the defense gave up only 5 yards per play, so a full yard per play better, a massive differential in a single football game. 
They also win the turnover battle. Dolphins get three interceptions while the Titans get the ball twice from Ryan Tannehill. Mariota threw a pick to Grishad Jones twice and Kiko Alonso once. On third downs, the Dolphins were just 2 for 10, a 20%, also 0 for 1 on fourth down. The Titans were 6 for 14 on third down, 42.9%, and 0 for 2 on fourth down. So the third down area, definitely a spot the Dolphins can improve going into week two. We'll have a lot more for you guys on stats and grades and the film breakdowns later on in the week once the All-22 becomes available and once our sponsors at Pro Football Focus and also our friends over at Pro Football Reference have all of their ducks in a row and all the data lined up, let's go ahead and talk about the five key plays that I thought really swung the momentum of this football game and were the deciding factors as far as the Miami Dolphins are concerned. And let's go in chronological order here. The first one is the Minka Fitzpatrick fourth down stop. And if you guys haven't seen it yet, it's on my Twitter. It's an awesome play. The Titans try to get a ball into the flat and Minka Fitzpatrick has been playing slot. He's been playing off the ball. He's been playing everywhere in in this game all game long 100% snap taker just an absolute stud has several tackles on the day but on this play he gets out there in the flat and hits Corey Davis at the line to gain or at the goal line I should say and completely stifles him stands him up gets him to the ground Dolphins take over the football right at the two-yard line and it's a huge huge stop a huge momentum swing because if he gets in the end zone it's 10 nothing, and all of a sudden the plan might kind of go in a different direction number two was the ensuing 98-yard touchdown drive the Dolphins had a Frank Gore run on first and 20, right after a Laramie Tunzel holding call, which was the story of the day at that point. The Dolphins had a couple of drives that were looking good, and they got bogged down by penalties. There you go with Frank Gore opening up a huge gap on the left side. Dolphins did a great job of getting themselves into favorable situations in the running game where they had the numbers advantage and they took advantage of that with different misdirections, different trap blocks, wham blocks, different things get these guys going and create huge lanes in the running game. And that play was a first down off of that hold. So a big first and 20 conversion to kind of change the complexion of that game, get the Dolphins into the lead. And then they held that lead for what was it? Five or six hours. I don't remember. The third most important play, I think we're going to go all the way ahead to the fourth quarter here, was the Jakeem Grant touchdown return on the kickoff. An amazing 102-yard kickoff return, and he got sprung by a key block on the outside by brand new special teams ace Brandon Bolden coming over from the New England Patriots. He springs Grant, who goes untouched, and once he hit that seam, you just knew he was gone. That guy has game-breaking ability. He looked good as a receiver, too, so I'm very excited about what number 19 can do. The number four play, the Ryan Tannehill bomb that you guys heard at the top of the show to Kenny Stills. He lays out an absolute perfect seed to burn Malcolm Butler, who actually had good coverage, but the ball could not have been handed to Kenny Stills any more accurate than it was, and it changed the complexion of the game once again. The Titans were within a touchdown at that point, and they did return the ensuing kickoff for a touchdown themselves, but that play just kind of resonated with the Dolphins fan base and got you thinking better about Ryan Tannehill, and obviously in a touchdown game made the difference. The fifth play that really made the big difference in this game was the Rashad Jones second interception where he picked off that pass coming over from the slot, and he just found himself in an egregious throw from Blaine Gabbert, and he was falling down. He one hand reached up and batted it to himself, got the interception, got up, and the huge return was the big part because all of a sudden the Dolphins were able to just sit on the ball, run the clock out, kick a field goal, and win the game. So those are your five key plays. The Minka stop, the Frank Gore run on first and 20, Jakeem Grant's kickoff return, Tannehill to steals for 75 yards. That ball threw, flew 55 yards through the air, and Rashad Jones' second interception. Your key moments in this 27-20 victory for the Miami Dolphins. And next, we'll discuss the stars from the game and those that, well, did not play so well. And we'll do that next after a word from my bookie. Hopefully you guys didn't take my advice on my college picks this week. I did go 0 for 5. 
But what's most important to remember is that it's not about who you bet on, it's who you bet through, and that's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to MyBookie today. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is very easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for all you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar when you use promo code Locked On to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And do not forget to use promo code Locked On when creating your account today to claim that bonus. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. What a day it was for Rashad Jones and this Dolphins defense. All things told, really only gave up 10 points on the game. If you take away a late field goal that was garbage time, and of course the kickoff return for a touchdown. Let's go ahead and jump right into our takeaways from this game as far as the individual performances are concerned. Let's go ahead and start on the offensive side of the football as we are wont to do on this podcast. I talked about Ryan Tannehill having mostly a good day, the 89.9 quarterback rating on the day, and he really operated Adam Gaze's unique offense in a unique way and they did a lot of things to create confusion and create advantageous situations the first touchdown pass to Kenny Stills was a classic slant flat combination with a rub route on the inside and it usually gets that slant route open but the way the Dolphins disguised it they looped that inside man over the top of the route and got him wide open Kenny Stills easy touchdown pass the interception to Mike Kosicki that he threw on a fade route to the end zone on second down and I actually liked that call there because they did have that three by one set with the Y ISO split to the boundary side of the formation. And Malcolm Butler should not be able to handle Mike Asicki, but he slips out of his get off. And that allows Butler to control the rep. Tannehill throws the ball way too short. Just an ugly play from both the quarterback and the tight end. All things considered, though, Ryan Tannehill played very well, very sharp, on time. He navigated a little bit of pressure that he did have in the game and played very well. Of course, that 98-yard touchdown drive really set the tempo for the entire game. Now, his offensive line, I mentioned the pressure he dealt with. He didn't have much pressure at all in this game, and those big uglies opened some big-time holes. Josh Sitton, Dan Kilgore, Jawan James were all excellent. Jesse Davis and Laramie Tunzel in my book were good. I'll have more for you guys on that in the All-22 review as I can get a better look at the line play, but I thought those guys really played well up front. And speaking of tight ends and blocking, A.J. Derby got into the action, had some very nice blocks, including a big wham block on a trap run inside to Kenyon Drake that sprung him for a 16-yard gain. And as far as Drake and Frank Gore went, man, I owe an apology to Frank Gore. He looked much more explosive with a greater burst than I thought he would have. But once again, the ground game centered around what Eric Stutisville and Adam Gaze did, getting them into advantageous situations against the right numbers in the box and creating opportunities for these guys to get into the second level. And they did. And Kilgore and Sitton climbed that second level so nicely. And these guys made nice runs once they got to that second level. As far as the wide receivers go, I am excited about what we have in Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, and Danny Amendola, and Kenny Stills. They all got into the action today. 
Kenny Stills obviously burned them deep, made a bunch of big plays in the game, got down the field, scored two touchdowns. Jakeem Grant really presses the issue when he gets on a defensive back's toes and pushes him up the field and creates very easy throws underneath, good blitz, bleeder, blitz beaters underneath. And Albert Wilson does the exact same thing. The way he can create space early and get off of that jam or get up the field and come back on a comeback route. He had one of those today on a very nice blitz pickup by the Dolphins offensive line where Tannehill got the ball out quick. Wilson caught the ball, spun up field, and made a big gain. So the receivers, the offensive line, the running backs, the quarterback, I thought it all went pretty well for the offense. They bogged down in the red zone a little bit, as has kind of been the case in the NFL in week one. If you watch the other games around the league, teams trying to get their footing, that's when defenses really, really kind of condense things and make things tough for the offense. And that was the case for the Dolphins today. I think it was four red zone trips, and they had like nine points at one point. Not a very good situation for the Dolphins offense. But Adam Gaze, as a whole, this offense... It was nothing like it was in the preseason, and we knew that was going to be the case coming in, but just seeing the use of 21 personnel, two backs on the field, you fake the toss outside to Drake, you give the inside dive to Frank Gore, whatever it was, it all worked. They even had Albert Wilson as the wildcat trigger man, Tannehill flexed out wide, they hand the ball off to Albert Wilson, so much fun stuff this offense did today, and I think they can continue to build on that and add more wrinkles and layers to this offense and really get things clicking because right now, 27 points, they are currently tied for the seventh best scoring offense in the NFL. I expect that to continue throughout the course of the season. That was my prediction in the preseason was a top 10 offense and they are on their way for that. Now, as far as defense is concerned, I don't really have many negative notes on any players in this game. I think TJ McDonald was the one guy that I really didn't like what he did on a consistent basis. Probably got to get him out of coverage situations and play him more as a pseudo linebacker that can defend the run. And Minka Fitzpatrick, the other safety, the guy drafted to kind of take TJ's job, just looked so damn good in this game, getting some TFLs, getting some nice plays by, around the line of scrimmage. I posted one GIF on Twitter where he was able to get off of a block, spin out of it, and make a stop on Derrick Henry, which looked like was going to be a big play outside of that. So he looked exceptional. Rashad Jones, you guys already know about him. He had a tone-setting tackle on Deion Lewis after a big run where he shot the gap, he read the play, came in, and just completely body slam Deion Lewis and kind of rechange the tone of the game at that point. Other newcomers that had an impact, Robert Quinn consistently getting pressure off that left side. He gave Taylor Lewan all he could handle, including a 15 yards hand to the face penalty that ended a drive for them. So you got to, you have to consider that in when you consider his impact as a pass rusher. He is always active in the running game, denting that edge, chasing it down from the backside. And speaking of denting the edge, I thought Cam Wake played the run very well in this game on the outside, as did Will Hayes. But on the inside, some of these guys are up and down. I thought Vincent Taylor was the best of the bunch. Devon Godshaw jumps off sides way too much. But as a whole, this group was good. Just four yards per carry, and a couple of those carries were longer ones. So more consistent domination on the upfront part of the Dolphins' defense. Moving back to the linebackers, Kiko Alonso on that interception thought he just did a fantastic job of keying the running back on a screenplay, getting himself in position to make a play, and sure enough, the ball found him. I don't have much for you guys in the other linebackers. Like I said, this is kind of a prelim. We'll have more for you guys on the All-22. These are just the immediate takeaways. And an immediate takeaway I had at the cornerback position was that and the first part of the game, Xavier Howard was traveling with Corey Davis, and he got lost on one dig route inside by Davis on a third down, but for the most part was pretty good to keep Corey Davis quiet. Bobby McCain had a really good game in, in this one, I thought. He did a good job on Taewon Taylor on an outside fade route, a slot fade route to the perimeter. He pushed 
Taylor to the sideline, really hemmed him in and only gave Mariota a very small window to work with, and that ball fell incomplete. He also plastered to his man in the back of the end zone on a scramble play right before the Minka Fitzpatrick stop. So the defensive backs all played well. I Like I said, I don't have a lot of negative out of this game. I thought these guys had some mistakes, some obvious September issues that are going to be there for most teams, but for the most part, looked good, looked dominant. I thought they dominated both sides of the football and really earned the opportunity to blow this Titans team out, which it looked like they were going to do time and time again. Didn't work out that way, but who really cares? All things told, they are 1-0, tied with the New England Patriots atop the AFC East. The Buffalo Bills get obliterated in Baltimore. They're 0-1, and the New York Jets play tonight up in Detroit. We'll find out what happens there, as the Dolphins could be one of just two teams unbeaten in the AFC East. And to close out this episode for you guys, we're going to talk about the one big thing of the game, the number one takeaway from the Dolphins' 27-20 win over the Tennessee Titans' 1-0 Week 1 performance in the books. We'll do that next. Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. The victory formation for the Dolphins. The Dolphins went into the victory formation in this one, and we go into the victory formation on the podcast here and close things out with one big thing. But before we do that, I want to just get you guys caught up on what you can expect from a programming perspective on the rest of the week and the rest of the year for the podcast. Sundays and Mondays, this kind of early Monday show is going to be a recap just like this, the key takeaways, talking about the key moments in the game, giving you the individual evaluations that I see And then later on in the week, we'll have the All-22 review and key stat stuff from Pro Football Focus, Pro Football Reference, all that fun stuff. We'll also have the crossover podcast where I'll talk to a host of a different Locked On podcast, our particular opponent that week, just like we did this week with Terry Lambert of Locked On Titans. So we'll get that for you guys and then preview the game in its entirety at the end of the week. We have tons and tons of content for you guys every week. We're going to be your go-to spot for all things Miami Dolphins 2018 on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Let's go ahead and get into our final bit our final segment here on the podcast and talk about the one big thing from the Dolphins win today one big thing and I would be awfully remiss if I didn't bring up the one big thing as being the quarterback Ryan Tannehill leading this Dolphins team to victory in his season debut, his return after a 637-day layoff. I don't know how you can say anything else is the story and just how sharp he looked early on in this game and how confident he was late in the game making that big-time throw to Kenny Stills and what it means for this organization to get him back, to get the offense operating in the way that it should be. It just looked entirely different in this game than any contest we saw last year. Even that New England Patriots game, with Jay Cutler and, and all the success they had in that game, had a different feel just because, I don't know if it's just me, but it didn't feel like an organic success, like something they could sustain, whereas today was different, and the way they performed with all the circumstances going against them, they lost all the home field advantage with the crowd, the heat, the humidity, the cramping, the guys getting tired out. Yeah, the Titans had the injuries, but just having Ryan Tannehill in your back pocket, having a quarterback you trust in certain situations, a quarterback that can get you into the right plays, get you into the correct running plays, a quarterback that can escape pressure, make plays with his legs, quarterback that can throw the football down the field and engineer touchdown drives, 98-yard drives, and get this offense going. It was just a su- such a nice thing to see and so positive for him going forward in such a crucial year, year number seven, where all these detractors are against him coming up with things out of the woodwork to make up about him and his game that makes him seem inadequate or not good enough. Well, I think he played very well in this game today. 
We will have the chart for him out when the All-22 comes out next week, but I think we're going to be very satisfied in terms of ball placement, the way he navigated the pocket, the way he got the football out on time, the way he dealt with pressure and the way the teams blitzed him and sent overload pressures or sent multiple rushers, and the Dolphins just handled it. He got it out quick. That key third down conversion to Kenyon Drake right before the Kenny Stills bomb touchdown pass. I don't think that play happens last year. Jay Cutler probably throws it off of his back foot, gets it batted down or takes a sack, whatever it is. There is just a different feel in Miami now that Ryan Tannehill is back. And that is your one big thing. All right, guys, I am burning the late midnight oil here. It's about midnight on the West Coast. I got to get out of here for the podcast. We'll see you guys on Tuesday. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at LockdownFins. Keep up to date on our daily Dolphins blog at LockdownDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. You might want to keep scouts. I win, 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 win. Four arm tattoos. That's why, 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 why.